0: Hello again and welcome back to the show. This is Austin Found. I'm JB Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. Good to see you again. And we're indoors at the Austin America. That's right. States we can we can work indoors <laughs> and see each other and We're vaccinated. Yeah. And here it is in uh, Uh, May of 2021, and people are getting the vaccines, and things are starting to feel normal again. Absolutely. I've been out to a restaurant or Ah, two. (laughs) Doesn't that feel weird? That is weird. It is weird. It's a weird time. But this is going to be a fun episode. It's really interesting. And we're going back to 1890 to 1900, roughly. But tell me the story about how you found this interesting ledger and found out about the poor farm. I think you were inquiring about what was called the poor farm and then found this amazing ledger of information.
1: That's right. I had looked at a uh, city map probably from the 1920s and on it was a county poor farm and it was a, a rectangular piece of land out on the other side of Mopac in what is now Terrytown. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. <laughs> right. And I went, I just want to know what this was. And so I went to the History Center, which is the place to find out these things, and I asked for their material on it. And as she was walking away, the archivist turned around and said, hey, do you want that ledger about the poor farm? And I go, sure. <laughs> and it turns out it's this wonderful handwritten ledger, big, leather-bound book from 1891 which had all the notes about all the people at the poor farm and where they came from, their ages, their races, and also some uh, remarks about them like, runaway, bad boy.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Just little comments. Taken away by husband. Without leave, no good. Old age. So wait, is it? Okay. Okay. First of all, let's break down what the poor farm was. Was this for poor people to work and have function, or was it providing food for the poor, or both?
1: In, in a sense, both. Okay. Uh, it was the place, the end of the line, the last place you went. If, you're, if your work or your farm was not producing enough to feed your family, you went to the poor farm. It also was a place where people could work off their debts to the, the county. So it was kind of like a debtor's
0: prison in a sense. It's kind of like if you got community service and you're wearing an orange vest and picking up trash. I shouldn't say picking up trash. You do that every day. I do that every day. (laughs) But you're not a criminal. (laughs) Well, not not in that (laughs) sense. That I know of. Uh, but anyhow paying off a for, for theft or you know they don't
1: indicate what their fines were uh-huh. for about mm-hmm. but probably uh, payment of taxes, and back taxes and mm. stuff like that but they do say how much time they have to spend and it you know the average one was like six days work on the farm okay. and some people were like weeks or months because they depending
0: they really owed a lot of money on, to paying on the crime yeah. Right? Okay, so we have this poor, it was literally called, referred to as the poor farm? The the Travis County Poor Farm. Wow, okay. And so you have some people maybe in debt, maybe without work. I think there's even reference to some orphans and things like that. Absolutely,
1: people would come. And this is heartbreaking, but you you hear about this all the time in the late 19th century, early 20th century. of People just couldn't take care of their kids, so they'd just drop them off. You know, it was as young as four years old. In I this thought about ledger. that
0: many times. <laughs> now we stuck with it. She's nineteen. <laughs> yes, so we're good, and a wonderful young woman now. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, don't
1: give up your children to the poor farm. <laughs> You know, and, and and we laugh, but I mean, I, obviously these people were suffering, and uh, they, at least there, they they ate well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a very productive farm, from the from the uh, evidence of the ledger, and all kinds of things. What kind? Of, yeah,
0: what were they producing out of there?
1: Oh, uh, wheat, corn, uh, cattle, pigs, you name it. Hey, they did everything. Mm and it was obviously fertile land. And to, to, to give you a sense of where it was, it was just on the other side of Mopac and just down uh, from Windsor, right beneath uh, where all the state land is near Camp Maybury. So it was a pretty big piece of land at 40 acres. That would have been way out there at that time. Oh, absolutely. Was way on the edge of town. 1880s is when it started. We know at least that it goes back to 1883 because one of the gentlemen in the 1891 ledger entered the farm in
0: 1883. So, And what's the timeline with the rail line that we know as, a, as MOPAC? Today? Well, it started as
1: the International Great Northern Railroad, and it came through, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to pull this out of the air, the 1880s. Mm-hmm. So it would have been around the same time as the railroad, and they sold uh, agricultural products to the railroad and still some in the city. So it was getting exported from that farm directly exactly. to the railroad. And sometimes, I think, to, to feed the railroad crews.
0: And a little history, too, you referenced Great Northern. Mm-hmm. And I still think a lot of people, so many new Austinites don't know why we call it Mopac. Right, because it became
1: the Missouri Pacific Mopac. That's that. Train that goes down the middle of it through a long course of of the freeway, mm-hmm. and uh, it uh, it's it's actually Loop One is which the, no, the,
0: no locals say no, that nobody ever says. I can that. always tell when it's somebody new to town or visiting when they reference Loop or Highway One, right. <laughs> no, no, it's right? Mopac. <laughs> yeah, it's Mopac after Missouri Pacific. Right. So it's wild to picture a, a, a farm right out there. And that, again, would have been way out of the edge of town. Another interesting thing in that ledger was all these – they they wrote down all the tools and assets they had. Exactly. And their expenditures. and It's fascinating.
1: Uh, we know that they did well. You know, because their expenditures for a year might be like two hundred dollars, some years one hundred dollars, but they sold a lot of agricultural goods and and and, and they kept getting more stuff like a dish. Uh, I almost said dishwasher. No, not like <laughs> not quite yet. <laughs> but but it's something to clean uh, uh, clothes and and lanterns and things that were a uh, little more of a luxury mm-hmm. than you'd expect on a frontier farm
0: here's what's weird about it you'd think a county farm would have meant everything as we started to get into closer to 1930 in the great depression that's right however it sold at that time
1: yes it sold in 1932 and i have not figured out why exactly they would give it up just as the depression was getting at its worst the only conjecture that I have is that it was too much. The, the failing farms, the drought, uh, the Dust Bowl, migrants looking for work or food anywhere. The, the, a, a little uh, county poor farm can't sustain helping that many people. Mm. And so they, they put it up for auction. It, it didn't sell for the asking price so they put it off for 2 years and then they put it up for auction again on the the proverbial and how
0: big of a piece of property are we talking about 40 acres
1: okay a uh, few farm structures and uh, but it was destined to be uh, a you know suburban land because Tarrytown had started in the, in the
0: 1920s so
1: it was on kind of midway up uh, Do you recall ter-town.
0: the selling price? Because people will. It's hard to. On today's standards, it's like. <laughs> yeah. I what did that 40 acres go for back in 19. What was it 32, you said? $24,000. $24,000 for 40 <laughs> acres. And now what is Terrytown? And now what is one of the fanciest sections of town. And here's the glory of it now. I have a lot of friends that live in that area, and I can go, oh, the poor farm you headed back to the poor farm. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> it's interesting. We're not making light of the fact that it was a poor farm. It's just an interesting story and, and it's, uh, a, it's a funny name. I'm sorry. Yeah. It
1: is a funny name. I grew up in Houston near Poor Farm Ditch, you know, and I learned, grow, you know, through the, uh, uh, the subsequent years that every large county had a poor farm.
0: Well, and they weren't as Diplomatic with naming things because no. we talk about the asylum, the, the insane asylum, right? Things like that. It was yeah. very literal at the yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to catch that article and, and read it for yourself, it's in Volume One of Indelible Austin, That's which you right. can pick up. Uh, there are now volumes one through three, four on its way at this time. But we want to give a shout out to somebody else who. uh uh, has a, a podcast that might be of interest the, if you love hearing about Texas. We've been introduced online. I think you actually talked to him in person, Evan. I did. S-
1: Evan Stern. I did. I did. I interviewed him uh, not long ago and did a piece for Think Texas, our free weekly digital newsletter about Texas history, on Evan. But he has a wonderful podcast. He's a Texan. He went to McCallum High School here in Austin. That's where all the creatives are, right? And, well, yeah. And then he lives in New York City now. But during the pandemic, we should say the name of it before mm-hmm. I forget. Vanishing Postcards is the name of his podcast. Check it out wherever you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as you do, Austin Found. And he escaped New York during the worst of the pandemic there. Uh, came down stayed with his parents in Houston. And he needed a creative project. So he went out and on a long road trip and took along microphones, a lot like the ones we were talking into now and and other recording equipment. And he did his homework and he did research and he talked to really, really interesting people. And it's about places scattered around Texas that you might not know
0: about. Small. It's... it's re- I listened to one episode and I really enjoyed it. I'm going to dig into it more, but it's it's well produced. It sounds great. It's great storytelling. It's great storytelling. And it's just these little nuggets around Texas and, right. characters, and characters. Characters. Which
1: No. He's uh, as someone who's always going for kind of unvarnished Interviews with people Where you know uh, They they relax their guard And talk mm-hmm. to you Like a real human being He's able to get that Out of a lot of people I'm kind
0: of jealous Of his ability huh. but, but that's vanishing Postcards Worth checking out And thanks for tuning in To Austin Found Podcast We appreciate it Spread it around To your friends Like it Review it The reviews help it With the search engines Quite a bit If you don't mind Taking time to do that But pass it on yeah, But thanks for tuning in Happy Trail